Hello, welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. I'm Nate, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my good friend, Josh. How you doing, mate? I'm very well, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm going okay. How's your week been? Uh, week's been good so far. Got a few, um, a few university, uh, I would say, tests this week. So one Starting out of three hard. down so far. So see how we go with the rest of them. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Well, yeah, it's a uh, pretty tragic weather up here in Brizzy. I think it's is it raining down your way? No, it's a nice, cold, sunny day. Yeah, it's been been tragic. So lots of indoors activities, lots of chance to study and read and um, yeah, keep up to date with the markets and stuff. I know you love keeping up to date with the markets. Oh yeah, mate. Always, I'm always on the news. So are you going to give us a run? Give us a rundown of this week's markets. Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> one one thing i've got one thing to add to that and that's uh facebook and that's just because i, I follow facebook a little bit and um they didn't have a bad night last night or night now time they didn't have a bad day at all in the u.s market but after after hours they went down seven percent and um i was confused as to why they did because i couldn't find any news until you mentioned something to me so mm. i guess that's something we could probably dig into a bit why did facebook drop yeah, so Meta, the parent company, um, after so basically the the US share market overnight was pretty um pretty sound. It was up um after I think it's had eight negative weeks in a row. So we'll see what happens this week. We're recording on the twenty fourth of May. Um, so yeah, lots of negative weeks in a row. It was it was pretty good overnight. Um, I think Facebook was up maybe a percent overnight, and then um. Yeah, up at one point three nine percent, and yeah, you, you've mentioned it's it's dropped after hours, and and it looks like they've maybe copped a bit of shrapnel from a fellow competitor, Snap Inc, or the parent company of Snapchat, people would know, and um, Snapchat have reported their form eight k um, overnight, and yeah, obviously they've missed on their revenue targets, and um, Snapchat have dropped, I think it was twenty five percent in after hours. 25 it's 30 last time i've seen 30 so yeah it looks like facebook are cop- copying a bit of shrapnel there but um you know the ceo of snap inc has reported um yeah obviously they're not going to hit their quarterly targets in revenue um and also looking at slowing slowing their hiring this year so they're cutting expenses um so we're seeing a bit of a tightening you know broad macro here we're seeing a bit of a tightening of, of things um the other thing they mentioned was um yeah, basically, they said that the economic conditions have deteriorated further and faster than anticipated. Um, so, yeah, not good for, I mean, these high growth companies that have just been, you know, kicking it, you know, so well for the last few years. And, um, you know, we're seeing interest rates go up and inflation go up and they are just, um, you know, they're getting belted. You know, any bad news now from them, they're absolutely getting belted. And it's yeah. not uncommon. Um you know, we can, you can see some of these companies, they, they can be down 80, 90% real quick. And it's a little bit reminiscent of the dot-com boom. We talked about a company a few weeks back, Peloton. They're down like 80, 90% from their high. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to be a growth company at the moment and not, um, yeah, showing real earnings, essentially. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty full on. And um, yeah, it's um, interesting you brought up the dot-com boom, like, I, I read a lot of Ray Dalio. That's one thing I do read. He's amazing. If 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 anybody listening doesn't follow Ray Dalio, get on it because um, that guy is amazing when it comes to macro investing and just principles for life in general is really good. Um, but yeah, he was uh, 
I think I was reading one from him last year and he was talking about the tech sector being in its bubble and everyone mm. was saying like, the whole the whole market's in a bubble. He was saying he doesn't believe the market's overpriced. He believes tech sector was in its own bubble. And I think right. we've seen the tech sector and you can look at, you know, the um, you can especially look at the NASDAQ. You can see the tech sector has popped. Mm. So that's to some point, you know, like um, I think it was a podcast the other week I was listening to and they're saying you take out the the fang stocks like your, your big companies and even some of them are down quite a bit but you take them out of the out of the nasdaq it's down like 70 percent or something or yeah, yeah. Um, don't quote me on that but it is a lot of companies are down 70 80 90 percent it is crazy so yeah. um, definitely similar to the dot-com boom isn't it the p ratios were ridiculous on a lot of companies companies not earning money costing ridiculous amounts compared to anything um so yeah that's that's the point where we're at and now you know one thing happens to one company and it scares everybody from another company just like snapchat and facebook so it's interesting and you have you have um not just one event going on you've got multiple events here and um you know the the ceo of snap talked about um some of these events, you know, it's rising inflation, you know, supply chain shortages from sort of post-COVID, post, post-COVID, um, <laughs> post-COVID uh, pandemic here, you know, with, um, you know, lockdowns. And, and some of those lockdowns are still going on in China at the moment. I think um, Shanghai, 26 million people are still locked down at the moment. And so, you know, those supply chain shortages are not... Um, they're not slowing down. I mean, I had I had someone in the clinic today. They were talking about um, that they've had a bumper quarter, but they just can't get product. It's yeah. you know, so it's actually impacting their bottom and top line. Like, um, and then you've also got the impact of the war. Um, Ukraine, Russia is still going on. I think it's going on a lot longer than people had anticipated. So, yeah, I mean, that's that. There's quite a few events going on here, and it's it's creating. Um, you know, I guess bubble-esque stocks to really drop. Um, yeah. Other companies are copping some shrapnel, which is what you were mentioning about the Facebook. So yeah, you're you're getting sort of um, pretty excited <laughs> earlier. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, well, like I like Facebook as a company. Um, I know you know it, it doesn't matter what that matters means to other people because you, you invest with your own values, right? So I don't mind Facebook as a company, and um, yeah, just to see that much of an effect you know, that's not a small amount, 7%, um, that mm-hmm. much of an effect come from another company not hitting its targets. And, you know, Snapchat and Facebook, they're both social media companies, right? Um, sorry, I keep saying Facebook, Meta. I'm going to use those two interchangeably. Um, they're both social media platforms, but they're not the same. You know, Snapchat is not the same as Facebook. Facebook, in my opinion, tower over everything Snapchat do. Snapchat's very niche. I think we talked about this the other week when we talked about uh, Facebook. Yep. You know, Snapchat's very niche, whereas Facebook is just this behemoth of you know, people run their whole businesses through Facebook. It's crazy. So mm. you can't. People do make money on Snapchat, and you know, people make money on TikTok and stuff, but they just haven't got the the depth of of a Meta. You know, you think about what Meta is and where it's going. You know, if, if you didn't listen to our um, episode a couple of weeks ago on, on Meta and Facebook. Um, you know, where they're going is totally different to where they are. And they're already making this money kind of doing what they're doing. They're only going to create the more revenue streams, which is, you know, sure, it might cost them a bit more, but at the end of the day, that bottom line is going to be more, that cash is going to be more. And companies like Snapchat, 
and TikTok. Like, they, I don't know. I haven't done my research. Maybe they're going to do similar things. I don't know. But I just know that Facebook are already doing it and they're paving the way for a lot of things. So to see such a behemoth of a company already down massively off of its um, recent highs and then drops another 7% based on another company's earnings, um, yeah, you can, can always bring opportunities if, if you've done your research, you know, you understand the company, you understand the management, you've done your margin of safety analysis, and it has a big moat. If you believe all of those are ticked, um, this is just another opportunity. Yeah, I mean, and I haven't haven't kind of looked at any other after hours. Was there any other um, sort of tech drop off from other companies overnight? I guess we'll find out in the um, the upcoming night tonight in the US. Um, I don't know what the futures are saying. Have a quick look here on. Um, online but yeah it, it, it could be a bumpy lumpy week but it, I mean, it's a great time mate we, we've talked about this a number of times like what what should we be looking at what you know what's our watch list and you know what's the exciting companies we should be looking at you know, with the overall macro theme of um i guess inflation going up what, what's some inflation proof companies and i guess we wanted to talk a little bit about um back to our fundamentals of you know we were talking a little bit off air you know companies with moats uh you know great sort of, I guess, inflation hedges, not, not an inflation hedge, but a good, good way to potentially play a period of time when inflation is going through the roof. So it, it's probably not a bad time to revisit some of that, the, the moats and fundamentals. Um, yeah. Mate, what are the five? Yeah, hit us with the five moats. Yeah, sweet. So, yeah, if we're going to talk fundamentals, uh, you know, if a brand's got a durable competitive advantage, it's usually got a moat um, in terms of brand, um, that's one of them. Uh, secrets moat, uh, a price moat, um, a toll bridge moat, hmm. and a switching moat. Um, yep. So they're mainly the five types of moats, which are part of our fundamentals, which are the four steps that Charlie Munger speaks of, and which basically, hmm. you know, this very initial start of why we got into this. But they're hmm. essentially your five moats. And if a company has a really strong moat, then it can beat its competitors over the long run because it's going to be outlasting them, especially in these downtimes. So and there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, I like a, a company with a really great moat. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, like maybe like Netflix, um, it's got a really good brand moat. Um, they can raise their it's got a big network as well. So they got network market as well. So they, they can raise their prices during um, inflation and it not sort of impact them too much or chipotle mexican grill is another great one we've come back to yeah or, or even coca-cola you know coke just raising their their prices just 50 cents or something it's something that people aren't going to really um cringe over and um, are happy to pay so definitely um, yeah so because, they can yeah. yeah it's like those lot those little um you know those little uh, what's the word i can't even think of the word but you know especially in economic down times where people don't feel as wealthy that negative wealth effect happens those things that cost you know a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars or twenty dollars a month kind of thing like not twenty dollars a day but like twenty dollars a month it's not you're not you know taking a loan out to have that little good nuance in your life so you know things like like you mentioned netflix it's like you know it's not even twenty dollars a month if you spend a fifteen dollars a month it's not it's not really breaking the back pocket um, and they're things that people are happy to do because the benefit they get from that, which is, you know, relaxing, watching things that they enjoy, 
far outweighs the fifteen dollars they're spending a month. Or you know, if you love Coca Cola, you spend two dollars on a can of Coke. It's not going to break the bank, but you're enjoying it. And so, it's little enjoyments that people are happy to pay for, even when they haven't got all the same money that they used to have. So that there is is essentially a mode. Yeah. So I'm trying to like specifically, um, just trying to think about. A real, real world example. I mean, we did, we did speak of Netflix on the um, the price. Um, is there a reason? The other one, I guess, would be your, your toll bridge moat. Um, you know, or um, I got, so yeah, I got some, there. I got some ideas on that one. So, so um, let's give an example of each. So, if we talk toll bridge moats, um, a good example of what would create a toll bridge moat is a massive, massive, massive amount of capital required to get into that industry yes. yeah um, i watched a video recently on companies like Din disney and universal so yeah. you know disney have disney world um obviously mm. disney have a lot of other things right but they have disney world and who else has disney world nobody universal have their little one as well i know in australia we've got a few theme parks but it's nothing to the likes of what disney world is if a company was going to want to come in and create a Disney world, they're going to need hundreds of billions of dollars just to get that thing off the ground. Then yep. yeah, they don't have the brand or maybe they do, but the thing is Disney have the brand. So when people go to Disney world, they get all of their Disney characters, right? Yeah. For another company to build another Disney world, they not only need to get that thing off the ground and make it enjoyable to go to, but they need to make it, that family-friendly environment of all of the characters that you grew up with and, and love, you know, they need to basically replicate that. So not only do you need to come in with your brand and all of that behind you, but you need that massive capital to start that thing. And that is a toll bridge. That is, you know, if, if you want to do this, it's going to cost you a lot of money and then you're not even guaranteed. So, you know, that, mm. if I could spring a, a toll bridge mode, I think that's it. And for, as for price mode, I think, you know, sticking to the US shares here, um, uh, what's it called? Is it Walmart? Walmart, yeah. Yeah, so Walmart. So basically they they can source their, uh, their products much cheaper than any other company. Now, that comes with a value thing then because obviously part of our, you know, understanding or meaning to a company is we want to invest with our values. Hmm. does that align with your values maybe it does maybe it doesn't that's completely up to you and there's no judgment here to whatever values that lie with you personally you know they're a great company in terms of financials but is it is it a good thing to absolutely wring out every dollar you can from your suppliers in order to sell cheaper to your customers and it gives them a massive price mode because if if other companies start lowering their prices, then Walmart can lower theirs even further to the point yeah. where Walmart will be breaking even, but these companies will be running out of business. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a massive price mode. Um, Bunnings in Australia is probably a good Australian example. Um, and um, in fact, I'll, I'll give a personal example. I was just looking for some bike stuff last night and um, yeah. some uh, parts for the bike. And um, I was on um, a website. I won't say who it was but um they're basically a, a big bike website and um they just you know at the top it says we'll, we'll beat any price by 10 percent and like that's the big juggernaut of uh you know you're mentioning walmart they just have that ability to just buy 
huge, huge quantities of, of stock and mm. have a small percentage on it, but they're, you know, making a, you know, making their, their margin and they can just, you know, beat out anyone with the price, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there are two of them. Um, you, you want to speak of a brand note? Brand. I mean, yeah, brand's pretty self-explanatory. Any, um, you know, any company that gets into whatever they might be doing, they eventually um, become known. Um, you know, you think of Nike. Nike's got a great brand. Just do it. Everyone knows the slogan. And, um, you know, they're just well-known for essentially initially shoes. But, you know, now that brand is just so big, it's it's on, you know, billboards and, you know, they sponsor athletes and, um, you know, to the point where some of those athletes have become their own brand. You know, you got Jordans and um, bronze and stuff. So that, that, that's a good example of a brand. Um, trying to think of Shia brand. Um, you, you said it before, like you could look at Bunnings as a brand, you know? Right, yeah. It's still a brand, brand because everybody knows what the Bunnings ad sounds like. You know, they have their own thing called Bunnings snags. Um, you just, you know, Bunnings <laughs> is a, it's a day out. You know, yeah. you don't, you don't yeah. go to the hardware store, you go to Bunnings, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it, essentially that's what a brand is. And, and what, what a brand does for a company is it creates that, you know, it creates that excitement around what it is rather than what you're getting, you, you know, mm -hmm. with Nike, you, you could go buy shoes, but people want to wear Nike. It's like, oh, but it costs more. I don't care. It's got the tick on it. I want that. That's a brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, doesn't definitely. mean they're better. It just means that you know they carry that they carry that uh, reputation. Mm. Um, so brand price. Um, so secrets, mate. So um, there's, there's a few different ways of secrets, mate. But I see it as like you know you've got that IP, you know, intellectual property that you own that yep. nobody else can um, duplicate, basically. Yep. Um, that gives you a legal, a legal secret smoke because nobody's allowed to do it. And if they do, then you can take them to court and beat them in court and they'll pay you out. Yeah. Um, but the other side of that would be, you know, a secret smoke in terms of a company can produce something that no other company can. Mm. You know, it's just nothing equates to that. And I guess you could start to think of like a Coca-Cola back in the day. Um, you know, it was the one Coke that everybody wanted. It's, it's Coke. You know, that's a brand, but um, secrets-wise, nobody could replicate Coca-Cola. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of um, trying to think of one here in Australia that's got secrets. Um, well, <laughs> can, we, like, can we say A2 milk? I was, was going to say A2 milk. <laughs> there's, special, there's special secret cows. Yeah. No, well, they've got the intellectual property, don't they? So they're the, yeah. they're the only company that can say that they produce free from a1 protein milk and yes. we've talked about that in the past but sure they may have a moat but then you got to look at do they have a great management team and so forth and then you might not be as interested so <laughs> Sorry. yes yeah um, all right and then switching and, mode and yeah. i don't think yeah. you can go past apple yeah yeah apple apple ticks the box of switching yeah. they tick the box of brand yeah. um you know and I guess you look at your main social media platforms like we have too, like with regards to Facebook uh, or Meta, um, you know, the switching mode there is that if they go to a different platform, they're not going to have the same following or if they, they go to a different platform, they've got to start from zero and build on that platform. And that leads to like what a network mode is. 
um, a network mode is like the switching point five, right? It's halfway. And basically, because you have so many users, that generates more users, you know, like um, Alibaba. We talked about Alibaba. They've got so many businesses there that it drives more customers to come because they've got a more range of a businesses and because they've got more customers and more businesses come there because they've got potentially more customers. It's, it's, you know, a self-fulfilling cycle. Mm. And the thing for me with switching is that it, it's, it's the hassle. Like that's what, you know, the diff, like the switching ability of that mode is that it's just such a hassle um, either time consuming or it's costly, or it's just a, you know, you'll, you got to learn a whole new, um, you know, um, ecosystem or whatever it might be. So I mean, a great example in Australia is, um, is the accounting software zero. It, it's you just, you just wouldn't switch out of it. it, it you know, and it, you'd have to have a really good reason. Goodness. Uh, yeah. you know, once, once you kind of start with zero, that's, that's it. Your accounting software, everything's in there, your business, all that sort of stuff, your accountant yeah. uses it. Um, you just you're just not moving from there. You don't want to go back to uh, spending ten hours building your own spreadsheet. Nope. <laughs> Excel. Yeah, <for> sure. <laughs> yeah, and then like yeah, on top of that, you know, I I can look at the uni that I go to. Um, every computer is an Apple. You know, they've had to buy a really? single computer there. So yeah, so, that's interesting. You know, imagine going all right. Let's swap all of our computers now to to a Microsoft computer. It's like it's not going to happen. <laughs> that is really interesting. So they they do not have like. Um, I don't think I've ever seen that before. So all the university computers are Apple. Where are they the universities? Yeah. So, wow, you got some sort of secret um, special source down in Canberra there or something? Is there? Right. I I personally I have a Dell that runs Windows, so I, I much prefer Windows. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that's uh, that's actually got me a little bit shocked. Really. Hmm. Interesting. I, I didn't. Yeah, I thought um, I thought unis were all over just sort of you know running Windows and um, yeah. Yeah, well, um, you know, you've got to look at the education places now. They make money ham over fist for selling outdated courses. So hey, they're doing all right. <laughs> just for another day, hey. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, okay, we discussed brand. Oh, sorry, we discussed moats, and I'm, I know we're going to keep this you know fairly short from here on out, but just let's touch on, you know, that is that is the moat part of our four steps, right? So, you know, looking at the first step, um, you know, first when I kind of learned it, it was meaning, right? It's meaning. Mm -hmm. Meaning means more than just like, you know, it means like what does a company do in the world? What is their meaning? But like it also looks at values, right? And it's like what does a company mean to me? Does it align with my values? But really that comes down to, understanding the company and that is the first vital thing can i understand this company can i can i off the back of my hand talk about everything it does how it makes money um how it beats its competitors um and you know what good it's doing in the world in terms of your values or whatever so that's that's definitely the first important part is to completely understand everything you can about that company yep and i mean for us personally we go through a bit of a checklist um heard that on previous podcasts you can go back and scroll through um, i don't know what yep. podcast it was but number something and <laughs> um, yeah we, we go through a pretty stringent checklist there and um you know looking at how or, or the understanding of the company and really knowing it back to front and mm -hmm. you know that's that, it's just so important uh, i mean we can't stress that enough um if you are investing i guess for the long term it's fine if you want to trade in and trade out and 
and um, you don't necessarily, you know, you're kind of working on price action then and running with trends and um, that's fine. It's a different type of investing. Um, we yeah. um, don't typically partake in that, but yeah, understanding those companies. And I guess the next part, which we've found to be even, you know, it's stung us a couple of times and it's been good for us a couple of times recently is that is the management, you know, like how good, especially in this current economic climate of inflation, like how good is the management at running their business um, that, that can make or break um, companies at the moment. Um, yeah. So, you know, understanding, well, understanding the business, understanding the management team and who they are and, and how good is that management team at, um, yeah, keeping a company going and running and, and doing what it's supposed to do, especially in these current conditions. Um, so finding those companies is yeah easier said than done, but. Um, Definitely. And like, there's a few, you know, if you want to look at the ultimate management, you, you can't go past Warren Buffett with Berkshire, you know, like read his uh, annual letters and you'll get an understanding of what you want to see in a good management team, because he, he tells you, how much he messes up just as much as what they've done good. And if you've got mm. an, you know, a management team, especially a CEO who is integral and says, look, this happened, or, you know, a company that comes out and says, Hey, like, this is what we're doing. We stuffed up. This is our fault. We're not blaming everything external because at the end of the day, you know, we stuffed up here, you know, that is integrity at its finest. And sure. That might mean that a company share price halves, but, that's a company that I'm more willing to own than a, say a company that comes out and says, due to the Russian war, we're dying. Like our company is going down the bloody drain. Mm. You know? Sure. That's, that's a macro economic thing that was un, unseeable, but, you know, rather than going, this has happened, therefore this has happened. It's like, this has happened. This is what we're planning to do. We, we see this affecting us here and just being honest with, what you know being honest with you because if you own the company if you are a shareholder in that company you own it you are a part owner in that company so and then you want to see the numbers of the management which is return on invested capital return on equity mm. and debt and if they're running low debt and they've got a high return on invested capital that means they're money managing very well and we want to see our manager a management team manage the finance of the company like great we want to see them do it really good yeah just um, circling back around to your Buffett, um, you know, promotion there. Um, <laughs> no, but you're totally right. I was thinking earlier when I was reading the Snapchat um, um, release and the CEO, um, Evan Spiegel, you know, when he was talking about, um, you know, the challenges facing the company, he basically just listed the major macro players at the moment. Rising inflation, yeah. supply chain shortages, and the impact of war in Ukraine. I, I mean, I don't know Snapchat very well. I don't, I've never used it. I've never seen it. But like, I'm not sure what the Ukraine war has to do with Snapchat. Yeah, neither. But I mean, is, that's an example, I guess. Of you know, we would you'd want to dig into the the management there. Like, what, what does that actually mean? What what mistakes are they making? Why have they missed on their first quarter or second quarter? Um, why have they missed? why has Snapchat missed because of the Ukraine war? You know, yeah. I don't understand that. So you, you'd want to dig into the understanding and that's part of understanding management. And you've just discussed the numbers there as well, how you can actually see whether they're performing or not. Yeah, for sure. 
And um, I, if I could, before we move to marginal safety, if I could give another management team or a CEO that I, I like, and this is personal opinion in the research I've done, is um, Reed Hastings at Netflix. Um, mm. You know, he, he's a CEO, he's co-founder, he's a CEO. And, you know, he actually, if you go on Netflix's website, um, I'm not sure if it's the investor relations part or if it's on the Netflix website, not, not on Netflix, but like the actual Netflix website that yeah. is not the streaming service yep. or the, the streaming platform. platform. They have a thing based on their values. And, you know, here's honesty for you, whether or not this aligns with what you um, think is good or bad. I think this is great because it's honest. He, uh, on their values, it says um, we, you know, we allow people to give their freedom of speech, you know, you know, and the documentaries they have on there, there's a lot of, you know, possibly controversial documentaries because they're allowing people to have that freedom to create, you know, freedom to do whatever they want in terms of that. He said, this means that working at Netflix, you may have to work on a, um, on, on some sort of film that you don't agree with. And mm. if that's not something you're willing to do, then maybe Netflix isn't the best place to work. So that is complete honesty to the people working in Netflix. That's creating that environment where it's like, you want to be there or you don't. If you don't want to be there, then don't be there. Yeah, we've discussed um, Netflix before, haven't we, the CEO and, and sort of where they've come from. And these people, I mean, like like Buffett and Munger, they're, they're running these things like their business, like a, a mom and pop would run their business, you know, in some ways. Yep. Um, you're not trying to appease um, or, you know, there's no performance um, bonuses for share price, you know, yeah. improvement or something. It's, it's based on, um, you know, real stuff. So definitely. Yeah. And that's a good thing you brought up too. Like with your management team, you want to know that they're aligned with the company, how are they getting paid? Are they getting paid for the share price going up 10% in three months or are they getting paid for metrics that are building the company up in three to five years? Ideally, we want to see that. Yeah. And then um, we've touched on moat. So last one's margin of safety. And let's keep that really short because I think we've beaten this one to death a lot. Basically, we want to value the company and then we want to cut it that price in half. And that's what we want to buy. We want to buy it at 50% discount to what we believe its value is worth. Yeah, so you essentially establish um, a... I guess the value price or the sticker price is it's commonly called. And, and yeah, we're discounting it. I mean, and we're seeing, we're seeing that a little bit in this current climate. Um, that's where it's important. You know, we, we often look at price the first sometimes mm. and really, you know, we, we're trying to get through understanding and, and moat and management and then sort of going, okay, well, where's the price at here? We, we've looked at plenty of companies where we've done um, our initial dives and we've even done them on the podcast here and they all look great. Bar the price, yeah, and um, you know, in our opinion, it's it's been too expensive or um, you know, up in the stratosphere for some of these companies. We got a pretty decent event going on here where the Nasdaq's now down almost thirty percent, well and truly into a bear market. S and P and Dow are just pretty close to a you know a defined bear market. So yeah, yeah it's a great time to be um, have a bunch of. Um, companies that we, we understand well and and know well and then have, have sort of prices in our um, in our mind write it down um, yeah and, you know discount it and 
you know, when it's starting to get close, you know, we're, we're kind of clapping our hands um, when think something's going down. Definitely, definitely. And that's exactly it. We go through the the understanding, the management, the moat, the price is too much. So we go like, oh, it's not like, oh, damn it, throw it in the bin. It's like, oh, damn it, put this on the watch list. Put a put an alert on yeah. your prices. And when that price yeah. gets within 20%, it starts ringing at you. You get so yeah. excited. And yeah. everyone's, everyone's crapping their pants because the stock price has dropped 50%. Yeah. And we're sitting there clapping. And that's that's what, you know, essentially put us into the bucket of value investors. But mm. you know, that's what Warren Buffett do. That's what Phil Town does. That's what Charlie Munger does. They buy these companies when they're on sale. And, you know, we're not them, but we're we're doing our best to do our best for us and our families. So yeah. that's what we're all about here, isn't it? Well, mate, I can say for the first time in three years, I've been getting some alerts recently. So um, mm. yeah, I'm getting getting a bit excited. And and um, I don't think we've, you know, just on the market, I don't think we've really seen that capitulation yet of um, mass selling. Uh, we've certainly had some volatility. Um, yeah. whether, whether we get that or not, no one really knows at the moment, but yeah, certainly some things are getting cheaper and it's, yes, it's great to talk about, um, you know, inflations of, or, or, um, ways to combat inflation, I guess. And, um, we thought it was a good idea to revisit some of, um, our principles, um, and it shouldn't really change what we're doing in the market. Exactly. You know, on the, the macro, if we, if we are sticking to those principles, um, shouldn't change too much. The only thing that's changing is the margin of safety, really, which is, you know, it, all the price is coming down. And so it's getting closer to um, some juicy prices to buy some companies at. Some potentially juicy buy prices. Juicy buy. Oh, I, think that's a, I think that's a good point to uh, leave the podcast on, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, we, we talked before the podcast is something that we're going to start doing is um and we don't have a plan for it but we're just going to start because you know action is action is king isn't it so um you know we're going to start basically investing together right um in terms of we always do our research together we have our both our personal portfolios but we're going to start and this is just a plan to plan essentially but you know having having uh recorded calls each week on us mm. investing talking yep. investing, talking options, talking legacy investing style options. And um, actually, you know, we'll probably start while we're doing the learning phase with, with a paper account, but moving into our own personal financial accounts together. And, um, and yeah, hopefully, you know, if that interests people um, and they want to see what research we've been doing, um, they want to see what trades we're doing, what we're buying, both in, you know, Australia, US, around the world, um, yeah, hopefully there'll be a way very soon that people can uh, follow on, possibly jump on calls with us and so forth. But plan to plan, more to come on that. Um, yep, sounds um, sounds awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll we'll do some real live um, practical stuff. Yeah, I love that. It's awesome. All right, mate. Awesome, mate. Perfect. Yeah, well, thanks to everyone for tuning in again to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. You too. All information on the Legacy Investing Podcast is the opinions of the hosts and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Legacy Investing Podcast and any contributors to the podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should consult a licensed financial professional.